Hi, welcome to the AfterBuzz TV after show for American Gothic. This is season one, episode two, Jack in the Pulpit. Did you catch the flowers on this episode? We'll be talking about that and more coming right up. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I'm sorry, this song just makes everything more epic. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to include this in the show. Oh, that would be nice. Hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Zoe Hewitt, and uh, Gabriel's with me tonight, and we are so excited to talk about this week's episode of American Gothic. Does this show seem to get better and better, or what? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I love it. You know, after last week, it was... I'm not gonna lie, it was a tough intro to keep up with, but now this week, now that we're nice Mm -hmm. and in the flow of things, it was a lot more fun, so I liked it. I think so too. I think everything's smoothing out, the acting, the story. And thank you, everyone out there, for letting us know your thoughts on Twitter, on uh, YouTube, and leaving your comments because we've had so much fun this week chatting about the show and keeping the discussion going. So we really appreciate it. And if you want to keep up with us on social media, you can find me. I'm your host, Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That Z O E Said What. And to my left is Gabriel. Hey guys, you could always find me on Twitter at Double G on TV to talk anything uh, American Gothic. And with that, let's get right into the episode. And of course, it's called Jack in the Pulpit. And yes, Nancy Drew. <laughs> we yeah. have nicknames, you guys. Yes. And Gabriel will be calling him Sherlock because we had so much fun watching the episode and keeping our eyes peeled for the Jack in the Pulpit <laughs> and the birds, if you remember from last week, too. Yes. So. So let's get started. We get started this episode. Cam is at an addicts meeting for AA, and it turns out that after his evening with Sophie, which is where last week's episode ended, he did call his dealer. So yes. at the meeting, we hear, hey, s- delete your dealer, basically. And mm-hmm. there's this great analogy about you can't keep dominoes in your phone when you're on a diet. So <laughs> I get that analogy. So he deleted his dealer, Rick, from his phone. Yes. Then we get a shot of mom in the bathtub, and then we see Tessa with Allison. We hear that uh, Garrett went out for a walk. And Tessa basically says that if Cam had gone to the hospital, like he said, that the mom wouldn't have been alone. And, of course, we get this double meaning because, right, mom wouldn't have been alone to kill dad. Yes. (laughs) And uh, they start to discuss the funeral. And um, Allison says that um, everyone loved dad, but Tessa doesn't look upset about it and says that she actually needs answers about the box of bells before she feels like she can really have this closure about her dad. So what did you think, Gabriel, about that double meaning, really, of where, you know, Uh, if Cam had been at the hospital, dot, dot, dot? You know what? I think it was very fun to watch from the viewer's standpoint, but I actually found myself feeling for Cam because... Okay, yes, he he relapsed, but he went to a meeting, he's trying to get himself straight, and, you know, you're trying to get yourself back on the right track, and you go and your family rips into you, mm-hmm. and so I, that one affected me more than, like, oh, he would have known, because... I feel like the mom would have been okay killing him, too, if you'd seen it. <laughs> you like, just think she's a cold-blooded killer. She is. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. We get a lot of questioning what in this episode. What do you mean, episode. maybe she killed We saw her do it. <laughs> we did. But then that begs the question, do we believe that he really had dementia and asked her to? And, of course, now we're skipping ahead, so we're assuming that anyone listening has actually seen the episode at this point. Um, and if not you might want to because in the course of our show of course we'll give it away anyway but we th- will <laughs> as we get there of course right. Madeline says that their dad Mitch had dementia and so he was begging her really to right. to not let him 
basically screw up at the end. Yeah, and well, she plays everything so well that you、mm-hmm. almost you understand status is so important、yeah. M- more to her than the rest of the family. Although they, Allison is up there as well. So I feel like you know, when you think about it. You do almost believe that hey, she would be willing to go to those kinds of lengths just to protect their image.、Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you know she's a killer, you're still willing to say, "Nah, it's、yeah. because she wanted an excuse to get rid of him." So、mm-hmm. you really don't know. I agree, and I'm with you because I wasn't quite buying it. On one hand, I can go, "Okay, maybe he was hiding it, and she was in love with him for 38 years." But on the other hand, yeah, I don't buy it either. I feel I like it was, like you say, I think cold-blooded killer. And so, of course, then Brady is investigating the case, and、yes. he shows up at the police station, and they're basically having a meeting without him. And he says, "Hey, guys, I'm on the case too. Don't forget me." And、uh, Detective Cutter clearly doesn't like him, or feels like maybe he just got on the case because of his connection to Allison, and、yeah. says, "Oh, well, recap it if you think you know what's going on." And he does a great recap, and basically reminds us that there were six murders between 1999 and 2002, and that at the time they believed that the killer was a member,、uh, or excuse me, they believed they knew that the Boston wealthy elite group; those were the people who were getting killed. There、yes. were six of the elite, but what They believed is that because those people represented wealth and power, they thought that the killer's profile was actually someone who was not wealthy. Especially because all of the dead bodies were posed like kings on thrones in death.、Right. So they find the belt and the bridge collapse. The fingerprint matched、uh, David Morales, who is the last victim, and they're assuming now that the blood belongs to the killer. So、yes. that's our big recap. And nothing really, I think, happened at that point to make us sit up and go, "Wait a minute, here's what's going on." Unless was there a moment for you? It didn't really. You know, I think it really maybe. It gave you an indicator of what might happen when Brady starts getting deeper into his investigation.、Mm-hmm. That let's say he finds some kind of big break, Detective Cutter is not going to be on his side to like, oh, you know, to, come on, rookie, you know, you just got here. So, I feel like if Brady starts to get into some trouble, we're going to see that he's really on his own, and I think that's what that illustrated more than anything else. Yeah. I、yeah. agree. He's going to be on his own, and I think we will find out why Detective Cutter seems to hate him. But right now, my money is just on the fact that she hates him because maybe she's worked hard to get to that position, and now Brady waltzes in, and because of his connections, gets onto a big case. Definitely, I think what it comes down to is that you know you got this detective, you know, like you said, has, has done their job, you know, cut their teeth doing、uh, detective work, and here he comes in, and it's like, oh, you think you're about to solve the biggest murder in Boston history?、Right. You know, come on, rookie. I think that's where it came from. You know that、uh, she didn't like that. Like, oh, what you think you're going to、mm-hmm. do that when I've been? I'm the established one. That's、mm-hmm. what it came from. I think so too. And、um, maybe this is going to be the only point in the show in which we agree. We'll have to find <laughs> out when we get to our predictions of who the killer is this week. Okay. But following the police precinct, we find that the sisters and Cam go to get the bells,、yes. and they find that they're missing. And I would just like to pause here and say that I was resistant to following American Gothic on Twitter because I got concerned. Sometimes spoilers are given away. And as they go to get the bells, Gabriel next to me goes, "Oh, 
I saw this on Twitter. The bells aren't there. And I said, what are you talking about? I can't believe you did that. So um, I just want to say, be careful what you watch on Twitter. So, the, <laughs> and that is the perfect sound effect. <laughs> I thought you were on my side. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so basically the bells are gone and dum-dum-dum, Madeline the mom shows up and says, if you're looking for the bells, they're gone. So uh, everyone... Well, I, I left you that surprise, I'd like to point out. <laughs> Saying the bells were gone, though, that was enough. I'm going to be one less follower on Twitter by the end of the show. <laughs> so, so, hey, so please follow me to make up the difference. <laughs> okay, clearly we're having fun in the studio with yeah. a show that is... Not, gothic. Yes, that is gothic. Thank you. That's a bit bum ching right there. We're just doing our own sound effects now. Thank you. You guys got it three times now. So after that, everyone gathers around the table, and uh, Madeline says that their dad basically loved true crime and had lots of theories about things, and he, he had dementia, she says, and mm -hmm. so that's why he started collecting the bills. He started having theories. She says that he even started thinking he was the killer at the end. They do ask if she's sure that he wasn't the killer, and she makes a point to say she won't answer that. She was married to him for 38 years, which I did reference saying she was in love with him for 38 years earlier. We actually don't know that. We just know they were married for 38 years. Yes. Also, in that scene, we did notice that um, possibly a reference to the Jack in the Pulpit flowers, there was a small glass um, like, like vase, a, yeah. I guess, on the table, and it had a flower in it that looked similar. And if you took a moment to look up the Jack and the Pulpit Flowers, they're actually a series of eight paintings by Georgia O'Keeffe. And, um, no, excuse me, a series of six canvases. Six. Yes. yes. Six canvases depicting this flower called Jack and the Pulpit. And um, basically they begin from far away and they move in so close that it starts to look like it's... Um, almost abstract because of the large detail. So we thought that it's possible that that flower on the table was a reference to that far-off starting point, although we were positive the flower showed up later. We'll let you know where. Yes. And then and also... Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just yes. going to add, it's very important to note that um, the Jack in the Pulpit series of six yeah. paintings, if you count them down, unless I did the math wrong, six suspects, including Mitch. Good one. Cam, Allison, Garrett, Maddie, Mitch... Nice. I really like that. Yes. So think about it, fans. Where's my ooh on that one? And that deserved an ooh for yes. sure. And Thank you. And Finally. There's your ooh. And during this meeting, Allison also says, hey, let's not tell our spouses or our missing siblings. So it's interesting that she's trying to put a line in the sand right from the beginning. Yes. Do you think she's more scared of what it will mean for her political career? Or do you think she suspects something? I do believe that right now she's so focused on her political career, but I found it very interesting that she did not mention, don't mention it to my campaign manager. Yeah, well, yeah, that campaign we're manager, we're you were right on. And I turned to Gabriel and I said, oh, you were right on. Yep, <laughs> and yeah. we got to her later yeah, in but, the um, episode. So I, th I found that interesting. But yes, definitely right now she's... Um, She's that control freak in the family, more so than, almost than her mom, in that um, you got to control the image, you got to control what's getting out mm -hmm. there, she knows the media, and uh, I think we're, what you're going to start to see is um, the subtle things in Allison. You're going to see her nice perfect suit suddenly a little askew, mm -hmm. you're going to see that perfectly combed hair suddenly get a little frazzled, and I think that's what you're going to start to see as maybe... We get deeper in the mystery, and her perfect image is at more risk of uh, yeah. unraveling. 
I agree. I think that as things begin to tarnish with her. But I also have to say, I feel like she must know something. And so I don't think it's entirely because she's used to being in control or that it's even just because of her political career. I think maybe she knows that Brady's on the case and wants, I mean, clearly she knows, but that she wants to keep things away from him that could be harmful to the family. I just, I don't trust that her reasons are completely altruistic. I... I'm not there yet, just because I feel like we got a big hint at something down the line, but I'm going to save that till we get to the end. But um, I have a very big point that I think we haven't discussed yet on the show, and it's going to play a big factor down the line. Okay, well, should we jump there right now? Let's keep going, because it's, it's, it has to do with the reception after the okay. funeral. So we have so much to discuss between now and then. Okay, then we'll yeah. know where to pause for this. Yes. Well, coming up in the next scene, we get our very first bird. So for all of you who remember from last week, we found out that the producers made sure to include not just birds of prey, but which are frequently found in the homes of serial killers, yes. but birds in general. And there were a lot of birds in this episode. So there is a bird lamp that's really interesting. You see the legs at the bottom of the lamp and the head sort of poking out of the top. And there's an excellent shot of the bird's head over the top of the sister's head. So you can keep an eye out for that. Then Allison says she wants to speak at the funeral. Garrett shows up and says he does also, but no one wants him to. And then this horrible scene where I gasped. The neighbor comes back with her cat, Caramel. She says she suspects there was animal mutilation. And uh, she says, hey, didn't anyone see something over here? And Madeline says, get over it. My husband's dead. (laughs) Now, did you expect she'd show up again? I thought she was gone. You know, I had a feeling that... um Okay, see, uh, when you have something like that, I always feel like there's a good chance the cat is actually going to survive and the owner doesn't make it. So I actually thought that poor Phyllis is like, you know, the only look, they all know that the only person looking for you is your cats. (laughs) So that puts you in a very bad spot to survive on a murder mystery show. Okay, I disagree, Sherlock Gabe. (laughs) Sherlock Gabriel, I don't think so. I thought she was going to make it. I thought her only point in the show was to be there for the last episode to introduce us to the cat. I actually didn't think we'd see the cat again, so <laughs> I was surprised all the way around with her. Alright, Zoe Drew. I, I, okay, <laughs> pun intended, you guys have no idea. She has eyes like a hawk for spa- spotting these things. She's always like a second or two ahead of me every time. It's like, right there. Right there. And it'll be like um the one that's almost in the background and it's like, are you sure? And then it's like, <laughs> Damn, she's good. So basically, yes. Sherlock here is connecting me to a bird of prey. So thank uh, you. I said, <laughs> okay, it was a compliment to be that eyes like a hawk, be that sharp. Thank I bet. Hey, I bet people have a hard time lying to you too, right? You could just like stare them down. <laughs> I can see it. They know yeah. I'll come after them like a hawk, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. See, you take it the wrong way. I feel way. very dangerous and bad to the bone right now. It's- so you guys to I'm intimidated. and also you have all the owls in your home apparently and I, all do, the clothes. I did take them down you're right all my pure one owls I took them down before the show started though it, it had just been a while they'd been like up a for predator. a while <laughs> so we get a call from the hospital yes. Madeline gets a call they want to discuss her husband's death we knew something was going to come it couldn't have been that easy and then past that Allison confronts Garrett and um, says you know I want to uh, find out, like, what you're going to say. 
excuse me, and she says that her kids told her that he told their dad, I'm going to say it was you, and um, implies that he's not wanted there. She's right. pretty clear that he's not wanted there. Um, he says he'll leave after the service and that he wants to share memories and quotes at the funeral and he wants a large audience. And incidentally, he's reading a book called The Gods and Other Lectures. So... We'll see that come back up at the funeral as well. Then Allison goes to talk to Madeline, um, reads the opening quote uh, that uh, Garrett's going to be using, which is all about murderers, basically. And um, the mom says that that's because Garrett had a fight with their dad before he left. And Allison Mm -hmm. says, come on, they were fighting about the fact that he didn't want to join the family business. That's not really a reason for all of this. So do you think there was more to the fight? Or do you think Madeline really believes that the whole reason Garrett left is because he didn't want to join the business. Oh, not at all. I don't believe that for one minute. Um, Definitely, I read more into the fact that how adamant she was that Garrett can't be the Silver Bells killer. Mm -hmm. I feel like, well, if you're pretty sure it wasn't him, does that mean you're pretty sure who is? Mm -hmm. Could it be the person you see in the mirror? (laughs) You know, so I... (coughs) No problem, Nancy. Um, so I really read a lot more into that. I definitely... She knows what mm-hmm. the real story. And um, Garrett has his own take on it. And he mm-hmm. might even have a different part of it. But they're both in on the same secret. It's just not revealed to us yet. Well, I think that... My money is still not on Garrett for being the killer, but I do think that the mom knows something. I think Madeline knows. So, See, the trick to this one is that they've made so many obvious suspects that, you know what, you can say it can't be this one, it can't be that one, and 50-50, you know, that, all right, that makes a lot of sense, and the other one, no, yeah. come on, how are you, how can it not be that one? Yeah. And that's what made this one so fun, is that they've yes. done a good job of really giving you just enough to suspect whichever one you want at this point. You're right. There's enough evidence for any of them, yes. and there's enough of the opposite, and I can't think of what the opposite of ev- lack of evidence, I guess. There's enough of a lack. I'm, I'm getting that, worried about my favorite character, Tess. She's so nice and I don't sweet, trust Tessa. and I, they're going to flip the script sooner rather than later. I don't know. We'll see about that. Well, then we follow up with the police. Yes. They've pulled record. They realize that Brady pulled the records of everyone who is at the bridge site uh, building that day because yes. they want to find out who put the belt in the cement. And he happened to pull just the laborers, none of the supervisors. And so Detective Cutter says, hey, you can't just trust that the profile is right. I pulled everyone. And of course, Mitch is at the top of that list because he owned the company. Brady does try to say, no, no, it can't be him. And there's this great analogy about stealing from the White House, that if something goes missing in the White House, you're not going to blame the president. And hey, he was there also. Great analogy. I don't buy into it in this case, but good for Brady for making it. And so he says, finally, in the end, I'll go get a toothbrush. And that leads to Jack, his first appearance on tonight's episode. (laughs) And this kid is no less creepy than he was last week. He is suddenly imitating bodies with rigor mortis. And um, he goes to talk to... uh, Then he goes to talk to Garrett, and we see a duck head next to Garrett's head. So that's the next word you can look for. Garrett's Mm -hmm. sitting in his room looking at a book, and there's the duck head right next to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see... 
when he's sitting in the corner. And then, of course, uh, Jack has a drawing of a dead body. And Garrett says that uh, Cam also had a dark streak. Cam was also with Jack going. So we know now that it's possible that something happened with Cam when he was younger. But I think both of us are suspicious of Cam anyway, right? You know, yeah. And I think um, what's interesting about Cam is that last week I felt like, you know, I almost feel more on his side because they really normalized him uh, as awkward as he looks mm-hmm. and as uh, his social awkwardness, not just his appearance. That's mm-hmm. that, you know, serial killer 101 stereotype. <laughs> I know. It, you know, this week we saw more of that, you know, how if you had a person like that in real life, would you trust them that they haven't done some weird stuff? Uh, no, you would totally suspect them. And I think mm-hmm. we saw more of that side of Cam. It just so happens that he also understands that he is failing at parenting somewhere down the line with his son. Well, were his parents also failing at parenting? Because we do get reference later in the episode, not only this, that Cam went to therapy, Cam was having a lot of problems as a teenager, just yes. like little boy Jack. I, I got a quote, um, if you guys ever seen Chris Rock's comedy special, like, they don't grade parenting, but if your kids are doing stuff like that, you know you fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry, but with the drawings and the imitating and uh, I mean let's take everything out of this week everything Jack did last week it's like I'm sorry Cam but you just dropped the ball And I feel like I want to give Jack the benefit of the doubt so much and figure, okay, like, there are people who go into forensics. Clearly, there are people who do autopsies. So his desire to do it, I mean, that would be like us saying that anyone who goes into those fields is strange, and they're not. I don't think either of us are saying that. Uh, But there is something about Jack doing it that is so much stranger. And why is that? I'm not sure. Maybe because he's nine? You know what? I'll let you know something. Before, I wanted to do a lot of different stuff now as an adult my childhood thing was like I do want to go into forensics because I thought it was really cool those shows were like oh that's how you solve a crime Uh I never was twisted like that's how you handle a dead body no I was never Mm -hmm. like that so it's like where does that come from but um uh, we were talking about it uh I can't believe I'm missing it again but um that developmental disorder uh, um Oh my goodness. Wait, are you talking about Asperger's? No. Autism? Autism. Yes, okay. the forms of autism where you know what the at the developmental stage or whatever they just get so obsessed and focused right. with one thing. Um I once heard it described to me like their children for whatever reason a vacuum. Like even at 9 10 years old they can disassemble reassemble right. a vacuum and they're just so that's just their thing. That's They can only focus right. on one thing, and that's what it is. And I feel like that might be what we're seeing with Jack. Um, you know, that, okay, it just so... Because I don't believe Jack is... A, he is twisted, and he need, he does need that help as much as the grandma. We don't want to take her advice. Right. But I feel like, you know, that might just be what it is. Mm-hmm. And they're, I said it last week, they're going to probably be able to use that to their advantage down the line. Mm-hmm. But I just had a feeling that, you know... Maybe that's it, that it just so happens that's what he's got going on. And that is an interesting theory. And not all kids with autism have something that they can focus on or are particularly good at. But you're right that definitely 
It's possible. So um, then basically we have Cam, who tells Jack to knock it off. And uh, then they stop at this wall of photos, which we learned from American Gothic Twitter, one of the things that wasn't a spoiler in a bad way, that those are actually all real photos of the cast members from when they were younger. And Jack talks about how he really wants to hug the corpse. And his dad does later explain to him all the reasons that basically... We love people and we're sad that they're dead because Jack doesn't seem to make that connection, which you're right, would link a little bit more towards autism that he doesn't make that personal human connection. And also, if you took it, um, take all those uh, eccentricities Mm. out of the equation, nine years old, yeah, you probably are still struggling to really tell the child what exactly death means and why does it affect it and all the nuances that go with it, so... I give that credit again, too, that take that out of the way. Jack is still acting like a normal nine-year-old in every other facet. Except for the cat's tail. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm sorry, you just can't ignore that. You cannot ignore that, absolutely. And then we have Allison, who meets with her, I think it's her chief of staff. Do we? Did we know that for sure? I don't remember from last week. Is she her it, PR person? I thought so. I feel like we so had So I think we all know who we're talking about. Her specific because role, I Completely so she's the it. PR person or the chief of staff for Allison's campaign, yes. and they're trying to figure out how they'll handle Garrett. And then we get what I had not picked on la- up on last week, mm-hmm. but that you did, Gabriel, and some of the other viewers did not talking about on YouTube in the comments, and yes. that there is something going on between them. They touch, they look at each other clearly to they me. They just give each I don't other think, that look. Yeah, I don't think the relationship has happened yet. I think the relationship is going to happen, and they want it to. I didn't feel like they were relating to each other like a couple that's already... No. Gone further. No, well, definitely. Well, I mean, we know she has a husband and everything, mm-hmm. so clearly there's so much more involved. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she, Allison has explored some of her feelings with Naomi. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, uh, they have a definite uh, undertone of a relationship. Um, and Naomi obviously might be the only one that knows mm-hmm. about Allison, but definitely they have that bond that's a lot more than just um, uh, knowing each other mm-hmm. is that way. And so I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how much Naomi is invested in Allison. Not yeah. just professionally, but personally, too. You're right, because that'll also show us how much she's willing to keep secrets yes. and continue to keep them. Or if she can be bribed, even. And um, in the chat, we've got Rockstar11671 saying he didn't expect um, Allison to be a lesbian, but thinking that she would get a divorce. I don't know. I think mm. that she can't get a divorce because politically she knows it'll harm her. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Now, that's not... Here's the thing. She can't be the one to file... By the way, Rockstar... Amazing username. Um, (laughs) I wish mine was that good. But, uh, yeah, I think she can't file for divorce, but let's say the pictures get out, as we saw Mm -hmm. the preview in. Um, Definitely, I think that uh, her husband could be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Or... It oh, is wait, a you think the husband? No, you think to, Allison's no, husband? No, to, to file for divorce. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you were going to say killer. I was like, oh, no, we no, haven't no. seen him. I'm not putting anybody no, I on think him. It, down the line, we could see him as a character that does that and how that impacts mm-hmm. Allison. That said, it is a murder mystery. Um, I mean, it kind of counts as divorce if he ends up dead through the course of uh, our show. I mean, we're not invested in him. We're not invested. I'm not putting my money on his getting killed. If he doesn't make it for the sake of whichever one is the killer hiding the secret, well, 
I mean, we don't even know his name. Barely. Tom. His name is Tom. We barely know it. Uh, we're not going to remember it. <laughs> After today, okay. we won't. Right. Then we have Tess looking at photos as she's trying to decide what they're going to use at the funeral. And uh, Gunther, who basically is the lawn guy, comes in and they start talking about chess. He says that he played Thursday nights, even up to last week with Mitch. And of course, the wheels in Tess's head start turning. How can her dad have had dementia if he's busy playing chess and winning? Then um, Madeline goes to the hospital and they basically tell her that they think a machine malfunctioned and we know it didn't actually malfunction. She was busy putting the pulse ox monitor on her own finger and killing her husband. But Can we get a real say- quick dun dun dun? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so they say at this point that they understand if a lawsuit is going to be brought. And of course, Madeline's like, oh, no, no, no. And they say, but we would like to do an autopsy. So Madeline says that, of course, she'll get the body. And meanwhile, she walks out and calls the funeral home and says, get that body cremated right this minute. Yep. And um, I mean, that's a pretty hot action for being cold blooded. <laughs> I think you like your own sound effects. <laughs> I kind of do. Well, and that comes into play because following that, Brady's going to get DNA. And there are lots of words to look for this time around. When Brady's walking down the hallway, you can see on the hallway table as he's going into the bedroom, um, there's a bird on the side table. There's also a bird on the pillow in the bedroom. And he discovers that everything is gone. And he talks to Tess, who mentions that, hey, mom's always like this. Even when the dog died, she got rid of everything. And you can see that light click on in Brady's head. And he realizes, okay, I'm out of here. I better go check that body. Did you think that Brady knew something was up? Did you also see that light? Or was it just me? You know, he definitely saw that. He knew he had to take action. What I was more surprised is we didn't see more discomfort with him and uh, Madison, because then that would have... Wait, Madison? Uh, Maddie, sorry, the, oh. the mom. Sorry. Okay, Madeline. Yeah, Madeline, Maddie, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so, um, uh, Madeline, sorry. No, you're uh, okay. But uh, I would have thought, like, you know, come on, Cop 101 is like, so you're telling me he's she's already gotten rid of all the physical evidence right down to the toothbrush, right mm-hmm. down to the brush, right down to... His pair of socks that yeah. are buried at the back of the drawer that he hasn't worn in years. I, you know, I feel like that was too obvious and they mm-hmm. didn't address it. So I was more shocked at that. But definitely he had that sense of urgency. And he also is aware that, yo, if I fail to get this evidence, it might be back to, you know, the lower level jobs right. who stole the pizza kind of assignments. And mm-hmm. I, Brady, we could see he does, you know, he's better than that. He doesn't want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that Brady is really torn here because on one hand, of course, he wants to get promoted and do a good job. But on the other hand, and I think we'll see it more as the season goes on, he will be torn more and more between do I say something, do I not? I mean, I think there was even that question earlier with Detective Cutter saying we need to get the DNA. I thought it was probably right on the edge of does he not want to get it because he completely trusts the family or does he not want to get it because... He's also maybe a little worried and doesn't want to bring it into their family. I think so, too. I think um, when we think about the where he fits into the family, uh, family, family, his relationship with Tess, you know, for as um, very close as they seem, they have a very warm relationship. They're keeping a lot of secrets from each other already. And, you know, one or the other, it's going to be who trumps the other in terms of keeping secrets. Is it going to be that Brady, not just that he might know something was happening with Mitch as a suspect. 
will something happen where he loses Tess's trust when everything comes out? Or is Tess going to be the one that really holds the secret that breaks down their relationship? So That's right. Yeah, I'm interested to see that storyline play out right now. Just because they're the most, how do I put it, uh, comfortable couple. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that just seem to have each other's trust the most. They mm-hmm. don't have, they don't draw suspicion, really. If you think about who's least likely at this point from what we've seen, you would say, well, it's Tess and Brady. So I think that the deterioration of that solid mm-hmm. relationship, that's going to be one that's uh, really going to lead to more tension with the other periphery characters. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And because they're the only ones who have really each other to lean on. Yes. You know, also because Cam has Sophie, but we've established that Sophie is still on drugs. Yes. And um, I know there's so much that happens at the funeral, so let's hit on where some of the birds are and get to that funeral already. You we go, do Hawkeye. Have, <laughs> we do have Cam, who finds Jack later in the episode, pretending to strangle himself. Weird and strange, of course. But if you also notice, then, when Jack gets up from the chair, there are birds on it, so you can keep an eye yeah. out for that. Then later, um, in the funeral home, when Brady goes to see if he can get the body, I guess from the crematory, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he comes in, there's a big painting on the wall, and um, there's a bird, but it's also interesting because it looks very similar in color coloring to a bird of paradise flower. So it is an actual bird, but we get that similar coloring. Then, of course, Brady tries to get to the cemetery and to the church for the funeral. We have the police who pull over Garrett, clearly Allison's doing. Yes. And uh, basically, uh, Brady's too late. The body's been cremated. And uh, but he does manage to get Brady manages to get Garrett out of the police station. And so he winds up at the funeral. So at the funeral, first off, we get a close up of the flower. That's the Jack and the Pulpit flower. So it's really close up. They hold on it for a few seconds. You can't miss it. That is clearly the reference to the George O'Keefe paintings. Yep. Tessa pulls her mom aside to basically say that she doesn't trust that her mom is telling the truth, essentially. She doesn't think that dad had dementia. And um, mom's, of course, upset about that and, you know, has no desire to talk about this, of course, for multiple reasons. And says, you know, that dad wanted help to keep it all away from the kids. So Garrett shows up. Of course, Allison's surprised to see him. And then... um, of course, the speeches start. So before we get to the speeches, what okay. do you think? What do I think of just the way they broke it down? I think that um, I, I found it more surprising just how Garrett confronts Allison. By the way, you said it so well. This family specializes in awkward hugs. <laughs> they do. And, you know, they're all, I noticed they're all Garrett-centric. <laughs> I think the only person he'd have a real normal hug with is Jack. So, um... <laughs> That one, it just everything so far in the scenes I noticed lends to the that atmosphere of the entire situation, mm-hmm. just the use of the colors. So I just really enjoyed all the little subtleties going on, and I found it surprising how you could really follow all these little storylines, but then as a viewer, you realize half of them don't know what the other knows. Yeah. You know, Tess has no idea that Brady's really looking for Mitch's body or just physical evidence. You know, um, Madeline doesn't know that about them. Madeline doesn't know just how close Tess and them are to, you know, all their search and everything. So there's the fact that there are so many secrets and they all come to a head where, mm-hmm. and they all keep them from getting out at a funeral. I just found that very brilliantly done. Yeah, and and that is a good point, right? That 
even Madeline at this point doesn't realize how much Brady is on this trail and how much the police in general are on the trail. After the commercial, we start out with a close-up of the Gons and Lectures book, and uh, of course, Garrett is about to... Well, Garrett has a conversation with Tessa who says she's been on anxiety meds. She can't handle things now uh, because they've been trying to have a baby. And uh, Garrett says he'll be fine. But that definitely, that conversation definitely influences him because then he goes up to the front to speak at the pulpit, which I also think has to do with the Jack Mm -hmm. in the Pulpit flower name. And he basically says that he does not like his dad, but he calls it quits there. He doesn't go further. Right. Which I found surprising because it's like, well, isn't that enough? I mean, if you think about (laughs) big funerals, important people, millionaires, and the son says that, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, whatever secret he was hiding, it's not like he didn't deliver damage. So that's the thing that stood out to me from his speech. Definitely people were surprised, but I Mm. wonder what he censored. I feel like there is something big because... He was protecting Tessa because even in last week's episode, he made a point of saying he came back for her. Yes. So he has a connection with her. Then Allison gets up to speak next and she tells this sort of strange story about thinking there are monsters under her bed and, or excuse me, in the closet and that she would only go to sleep with a music box on at night and that her dad used to automatically close the door to the closet for her, turn on the music box. And then at the same time, we have Sophie and Cam basically having sex in the bathroom to shake it off, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And there's an interesting juxtaposition where when they're having sex, we hear that his legacy is his children. So we get that voiceover line from Mm -hmm. Allison talking about her dad protecting her from monsters at the same time. Now, do you think that having sex at the funeral was a better idea than taking the drugs? You know... uh I guess you could argue what's worse for your body, and in that way, you know, drugs aren't going to mess with you, break you down on the inside, as, uh, you know, they're going to be worse than, you know, sex will, so I guess, (laughs) I mean, you don't, you shouldn't be doing either, but I guess if you have to choose one, then that is the lesser evil. (laughs) I agree. There's as no strange way to as it say sounds, it. I mean, maybe the sex can represent life and uh, it's, when it's death. I well, don't know. Now, at, we saw what happened with Jack. Do you really want to risk two of them? <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And then, of course, Jack gets up to speak. And when his parents oh hear him from the bathroom, I think they go, oh, oh, we screwed up here. We should have been out there. And Jack seems to repeat exactly what Cam said, as though he doesn't have any actual thoughts that are um, emotional, I guess. And so, but then he wraps up with saying he wishes he could have seen the decomposing body because, of course, Jack can't end with sounding the least bit normal. The funeral ends, Sophie keeps the drugs and walks off, and we're left, of course, with uh, Jack and Cam going home together. And at the home, there's a receiving line, and Tom, Allison's husband, gives her a gift, which seems so strange in the middle of this funeral at a wake. And it turns out to be a music box. And then we have... Um, the chief of staff looking Naomi, on jealous yeah. Naomi looking on jealously, and then we have Madeline, and it cuts to her as well. And so, didn't you find something creepy about that music box? It shouldn't have been, and yet it was. You know what? I agree. I before we get too far, I do want to point out there's got to be something weird about the fact that Jack doesn't really get too emotional about seeing his mom randomly. I mean, we know yeah. they don't live together, so you'd think that he might be like, you know, mommy, some. Oh, that's an interesting and, point. You're and right. I noticed he, how detached he mm-hmm. felt. And because Jack is such a scene stealer, I noticed it more. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of the funeral, the reception, the box, I think, was uh, 
I I think that it just lends more to the juxtaposition of the scene that they have so many of these dark secrets and a music box is supposed to be so innocent and calm mm-hmm. and peaceful. And that's uh, not what's going on at all in the scene or in the minds of the characters. So I think that's what that served its purpose to. Yeah, I agree. And it also made me think, I know last week we were debating that maybe something had happened with Tessa who needed to be protected or who was perhaps even abused by her father. And in this instance, it actually made me think that maybe something happened to Allison because of the point is that the music box was supposed to protect her and now her husband is giving her essentially protection. It made me think, okay, what does she need to be protected from? And are we going to find out that something happened to her in the past? So Mm -hmm. I was wondering about that. It's... It's, well, I mean, are you queuing it up for predictions? You know? Almost, almost. Okay, I was going to say, because I think that it's like, wait, is that in my queue? Because <laughs> I guess breaking down that scene, um, because, yeah, that that's all I have left after I gather everything from that final uh-huh. closing scene. Um, we have, obviously, the one last bomb that fell. I think you wanted to drop it now. <laughs> yeah, so we've yeah. got, of course, uh, Madeline says that Jack needs therapy. Cam is in denial. Brady is mistaken for the coat check guy when he's clearly, to the rest of us, busy looking for a DNA. And Dr. Cutter says it turns out that the belt was not the victim's, which is what we're believing. So it, the victim never wore leather. He was vegan, so they realized that, yes, indeed, their profile was completely flipped and that mm-hmm. now they're thinking the killer was very wealthy and came from money, which right. turns their profile on its head. And, and suddenly then, Mitch is that number one suspect. Mitch or any of these others, really. True. And then, of course, we have um, the camera tilting up to upstairs. We see uh, Garrett there. And then you can also keep an eye out for a small bird. We see the shadow, but later when his mom is up there, you can actually see the bird along with the shadow. So very last bird that we see in the episode. And um, the mom basically says, thanks for keeping your speech short at the funeral. And Garrett says, well, I didn't actually do it for you. Madeline says, hey, please leave. Garrett says, no. And in the final scene of the episode dun 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 this is really (laughs) it was a big surprise to both of us yes brady sees a photo from 2002 of cam with his dad and it turns out the belt that they found in the cement belonged to cam (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that was was right on that sound effect (laughs) yes no that one uh i mean suddenly he's such a big player again Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing you get out of that moment is because like I said you could easily say it's just about anyone right now Mm -hmm. and they put him right up there with Madison and Garrett and as far as um (laughs) Madeline it's such a so close sorry Maddie because I'm always used to I think they've just used that as an abbreviation they have used Maddie they have used Maddie Um, But yes, so Madeline and Garrett, they're all so obvious suspects, and they put Cam up there, and now, really, it's up to you to pick. It's one of those crazy things. Let's see, someone could have taken Cam's belt. It could be that Cam did something and someone else put the belt in the cement to protect him. It could be that he put the belt on himself knowing someone had taken it. I mean, just because the belt belongs to him, my money's not necessarily on him. Although I think last week it was. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you do have to pick somebody, Zoe. I feel like I don't want to pick anyone and everyone at the same time. So maybe now is the perfect time to wrap up with some predictions. What do you think? I think it's perfect timing. Okay, so I am... And now... After Buzz TV predictions. 
Okay, I'm writing it down. I don't have my same paper from last week. Okay. But keeping track, if I recall correctly, your money was on... Now I don't recall correctly. Right. I, Do you remember? It, I, don't, I already changed my... I, okay, yes. That it was... Um, Garrett and Mitch and that uh, yeah, Madeline was helping them hide the secret. I think you're right. You had multiples. And my money last week was on Tessa and Cam, I believe. So um, so you already flip-flopped, which is fine. <laughs> I think like two minutes after our episode ended last week, I was ready to flip-flop. Okay, this week, Okay. my prediction... No, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Nancy Drew. Um, my prediction, and yes. this is what I was saving for, okay. the relationship with Allison Na- and Naomi. Uh-huh. One of the big things, because we saw Madeline really looking around, and I thought, I wonder if Allison was actually possibly a Silver Bells target more than Tess. Oh, a target. Yes, because when you think about the things that could cause controversy or, you know, sadly hurt the image, uh-huh. uh, you know, their perfect daughter from that wealthy family being a lesbian, if that maybe. has, if there have been hints of that maybe in the past and Madeline was willing to take some, or any yeah. of the, you know, whoever it is in that family mm-hmm. taking strides to keep it a secret Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to come into play I feel like you know what I really think the mom knows and there's she's taken steps to do something about it in the past and I think that even Garrett might be part of that storyline okay so so who's on your money then for the killer or knowing about the killer Um, yeah well, actually, okay. that implies that, you know, Silver Bells and the one, I guess, are the same person. Um, and I'm you still can pick going just with, one. I'm still going with uh, Garrett right now. Oh, okay. Just because they're pushing him. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. It can't be him. That's exactly why it's going to be. So I'll stand with that one. Okay. Nice. But I disagree. My money is still not on Garrett in the least. And I know you make a great point. I know the shovel end and I'll go, oh, I think it's Garrett. Well, of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a good point that you're right. They're they're turning us away from him so much that maybe it's the obvious, not obvious, obvious type reverse psychology. Sort of like in The Princess Bride with (laughs) that's me all the way of this goblet must have it, therefore the other one does. But (laughs) my money this time... I'm going with, okay, I'm still going with Tessa just because, I don't know, I was back and forth, even in the comments last week. I have a question, are you going to just change it every week with the intention that at some point I'm going (laughs) to be right? Like, I went with Tessa for a second time, but you know what, I'm crossing her off because I don't think it's Tessa. I'm going with Madeline this week, I'm writing it down now so you can't take it away. I think mom... And I'm going to need a copy of that. <laughs> I'm going with Mom and Allison. Okay. I just, I don't know why. I don't really have a reason. I just feel like suspecting Allison right now. So okay. I'm picking two this week, Madeline and Allison. You're picking one. You've got Garrett. Yep. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. Leave yes, us a message please. and tell us who you think is the killer because then we'll also be able to go back and track after the season, during the season, what everyone thought. So. And if you guys pull a Zoe and change your mind, I'll be right there to tell you it's okay. It is okay. <laughs> you do not, you're not a expected to pick the right person right this minute and if you like the show please don't forget to click that thumbs up button and of course leave us a message and hey if you're listening to us on on itunes yes (laughs) you can rate us on itunes and review us and hopefully give us a good review and as we wrap things up where can everyone find you on social media gabriel hey guys you could always catch me on twitter at double g on tv 
And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Z-O-E Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Can't wait to see you next week and see what happens with the show. Take yeah. care. Bye-bye. Good night, man. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.